We're on this side of the holidays, and you survived it so far. And the bills are still coming in, so. But no matter what happened in the holidays, the gospel's still going forward. Jesus is still alive and well, and I'm glad my hopes ain't on one holiday. My hopes are in Christ. And I know he's still doing his plan. He's still working his plan, and we're in it. And I praise God for his grace and mercy today. This is a new year, and God's got plans for you and I. So count on it. Count on being involved in what God wants you to do. Don't please yourself. Don't please what the world's doing. Don't even please your family. Please him. And you'll find yourself satisfied down inside your soul. Shackled by a heavy burden Neath a load of guilt and shame And the hand of Jesus Never cease to praise me. 
same old road for miles and miles. You've been hearing the same old voice to the same old lies. If you're trying to feel the same old holes inside, there's a better life. There's a better life. If you got If you're trying to 
shaking Savior, you got changed. He's the chain breaker. I'm going to have Matthew lead a song and with these guys here. So I read an article this week. And it said that the millennials are going away from church, that this is the age group. And I'm looking this morning at a bunch of young men that falls into that category. Our God is still on the throne this morning. I don't care what the news says. I don't care what people think or what surveys you take. He is still a saving Savior this morning. And no matter what, we can look and we've got a group of men that is standing for the right, that is standing this morning and singing for him. Even though I'm related to quite a few of them, it's okay. But I want you to know this. That Jesus still Amen. saves. Amen. The blood Amen. is still flowing Praise this God. morning. Hallelujah. Praise God. You are not a God created by human hands. You are not a God dependent on any mortal man. You are not a God in need of anything we can give by your plan that's just the way it is oh you are not a god created by human hands you are not a god
to say that um, glory days, who's heard of that phrase, glory days? When you get Jesus, that becomes your new glory day. And when they were singing that last song, glorious day, towards the end, I just pictured going into heaven. So it was a glorious day when you got called out of that grave, but you're literally going to be taken to see Jesus someday. And that is a glorious day. And I, when they started that song, I was like, oh man, I thought Jesus told me to do glorious day. And I'm so excited that I can sing the other glorious day and you can have a glorious day because you have Jesus. So none of that other stuff matters. So it was a glorious story, all these things that happened to Jesus, but your life changes once you get him, and, and then you can really get a glory story. Not only because you got saved, but then you can continue to talk about the glory of the Lord, how it came. Sue sings that song, I remember the day when the Lord changed me. Glory filled my soul because I knew the Lord had made me whole, which ties in with what Duran saying. And Jesus is just good this morning. So no matter what you're going through, I, I know that sometimes that sounds cliche, but he can give you a glorious day. Even when there's clouds, he's, I said that last week, he, he's the sun. One day when heaven was filled with his praises, one day when sin was as black as could be, Jesus came forth to be born of a virgin, dwelt among men, my example is he. Word became flesh and the light shined
day the grave could conceal him no longer. One day the stone rolled away from the door. Then he arose over death he had conquered and now is ascended, my Lord evermore. Death could not hold him, the grave could not keep him from rising
they had taken her son so wasted before his time here's the good part she would knew it was true she had watched him die too she had heard them call him he's just a man but here's what happens but deep in her heart she knew from the start somehow her son he would live again then came the morning night turned into day the stone was rolled away hope rose with the dawn then came the morning shadows vanished before the sun oh death had lost because you're here new and it's already noon, I'm not going to preach long, okay? <laughs> believe, believe it or not. <laughs> no? <laughs> but I, I know this is a new year, and you know what? The new year brings new things. We never thought 21 would be like it was last year, but it was. Some of us had close calls. Some of us had times when we were real sick. Some have gone through many things, but most of all of us are here. And I remember this last year thinking about my family, my brothers and sisters, my, my nieces, nephews, all of those. There's over 100 of us got together for Christmas. And I can tell you right now, there's not, we're not all together together. 
and I love them, and they're all, we had a beautiful, a beautiful time. The presence of God was there. But can I tell you, sometimes I look around, and I, and I realize not all of us are ready to go home. Not all of us is ready should Jesus appear. And that bothers me. And you say, well, what do you do about it? Do you just go and preach at them all the time? Do you just get on their case all the time? No. i tell you what you're supposed to do, Christian. You're supposed to get on your knees and you're supposed to cry out to him. Because somebody prayed for me. That's how I got saved. And I can tell you, I got grandkids and kids that I don't see in the church house. And sometimes I think to myself, we are all in the same boat where Sometimes we're up, sometimes we're down. Sometimes we're here, sometimes we're not here. I'm not going to condemn everybody. I'm not putting on no, um, let's attack everybody today. I'm not trying to do that. I want to start this year with something important. And what is important to the Christian is pray. What's important to you and I is to have a prayer life. And I know so many times, if you're here today, you've heard people preach on prayer, and now you're thinking, I'm going to tell you something, some great revelation. I'm not going to tell you great revelation. I'm going to tell you what God told me. God told me we're to fall down on our face and have a relationship with him. We're supposed to have an intimacy with our heavenly father. I don't know if you understand what I'm talking about, but somewhere along the line, if I only spoke to my wife, uh, every once in a while, and I didn't tell her where I was going. I didn't talk to her daily. You know what? I don't hardly take the garbage out. I'll say, honey, I'm taking the garbage out. I want her to know where I'm at all the time. I'm not running from her. Well, let me tell you something. I'm not running from my heavenly father. I want to talk to him daily. And you may not think that's important, but I'm telling you, this is a relationship, and it is a personal relationship, and it's intimate. It is something that there ought to be a heart thriving inside of you for the things that need to happen in your life. Whether you're uh, praying for someone else, praying for your children or grandchildren, whether you're praying for yourself, Lord, where do you want me to put my foot down next? Tell me, dear Lord, because I don't want to make a decision that I don't walk for you. I want you to know about it every day. Just like I tell my wife, I want her to know where I'm at, what I'm doing. I want, I want God to know and send my heart. I want him to talk to me. I don't want to just tell him what I want. I want him to talk to me, tell me where I'm going. And I want to be prepared and ready because this is a personal relationship. It's something that you've got to keep working on. And it's personal. You have to do it yourself. Don't wait for your wife to tell you what you do. Don't tell for, wait for your husband to tell you. Get a hold of God. When my wife gets a hold of God and God talks to her, I step back and listen. I don't listen all the time, but I listen most of the time. And she's the same way as me. Sometimes she tells me what I don't want to hear. But it's what God said, and it's true. And that's why we, we are together walking this same walk together. I don't always want to hear it, but it's the truth. But I thought about this, and I thought about how God has been so gracious over the years. But I want 2022 to be a, a time when we not only draw near to him, church, but I want God to answer prayers. And I want to let those prayers be forefront in my life. I don't want to put them on the back burner and say, but I'm busy and I got my own life to live and I'm doing my own thing. No, I got to care about the lost souls that God put in my, in my way and the ones that you care about. 
I care about your children. I care about your lost grandchildren. And I care about mine. And I thank God when somebody comes up to me. I remember, I'll never forget Cliff Ekman coming up and telling me one day, he said, I got Timmy, your son, and Amber that's been on my heart, and I'm carrying a burden for them every day until they get saved. Well, both of them got saved, and they've been living for God for a long time. And I praise God for it. Somebody that cared to pray for my children and one of my nieces, praise God. In Luke, the 18th chapter, I want you to go there. If you've got your Bible, Luke, the 18th chapter. I'm going to start with verse 1. There's a little story here. doesn't seem like it's big on the thing of prayer, but I want you to hear it because it's important. It tells us something. There's a little secret note in there if you'll hear it. It says in Luke 18, 1, it says, And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought to always, always, men ought always to pray and not to faint. It's not just talking about men, it's talking about men and women. Christian, we're to pray. But then listen to what he's talking about. He says there, he's talking about a parable, saying there was a certain, there was in a a city a judge which feared God, feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in the city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will, not, I will avenge her, lest, her, lest by her continually coming she weary me. And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge said. Now I want you to hear that story. The unjust judge is just some judge that you show up to. Didn't have no fear of God. He didn't regard man. He didn't regard any respect of man. He only did his job and he did it the way he wanted. When this widow came to him and wanted something set right in her life, she says, I, I, he said he don't want to fool with her. But every time he opened the door, there she was again asking again. How many hears what's going on? Listen to, listen to me, Christian. Pray and don't stop praying. That's what God's, that's what our Savior's telling right here. He's trying to let them know you don't just go and say, uh, Lord, give me this or else I'm just going to go on and do it myself. No, you pray and you wait and you keep coming to him and you say, Lord, I'm looking for it. Now, uh, Matthew 7 says, ask, seek, and knock. How many knows that's in there? We're not only supposed to ask one time. We're supposed to seek after. When it says ask and seek, let me look that up because I got it on the back. It says, Jesus said, ask, seek, and knock. Ask means to request or desire something. And to seek means to continuously look for it. Are you looking for it when you go to prayer? Or are you already gave up? Is your faith so little that we don't have no faith? We just keep bringing it up. And let me tell you something, prayer is not a ritual. It's not something you just go to because everybody's doing it. Prayer ought to be changing things. Prayer ought to be that relationship, that intimate relationship you have with your heavenly father. It's talking to him. And it says seek and then it says knock. And I looked up this word knock to the place where it says make a noise. I mean, here's me, Christian. You know what, when you get down on your knees and you've prayed about something time and time again, start making a noise. Lord, where are you? Lord, I need 
need you to answer this prayer. I'm knocking on the door again for the same thing again and again. Why? Because my God can move things that nobody else can do. I only know it's him and my faith has got to be in him. If it's in anything else, if I'm waiting, I told my daughter one time, if you're waiting for your kids to grow out of their, their uh, badness, they're not going to grow out of it. You're going to have to start showing them a better example, and you're going to have to start correcting them. Well, that's, no, that's not very familiar. That's not very po popular. You say that to people, and they look at you like, oh, we don't correct kids like that no more. Let me tell you something. You better start correcting something. God's trying to get our children. The devil's doing his best to destroy them. You better correct your children and tell them the truth, whether they like it or not. Tell them because you love them more than anybody. God gave them to you to love and to raise and to, and to chastise, correct them. That's why God corrects us. Let me get back where I was. It says, hear what the unjust judge says. He said, I don't want to be wearied with this one, so I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to give her what she needs. And you know what? He's a judge. He's called to be a judge. Sometimes you'll get justice when you go to the courts. Sometimes it might not work at your way. But I got to tell you right now, he's using an example of somebody called to be a judge. Doesn't have to be a godly person, but they're called and they know what's right and wrong. They've read the books. They understand that what is justice and what ain't. Now, a lot of times you look at America, we're in trouble. We got a sign, a little bitty sign right out here under our sign. It says, pray for America. And you know what? I got a sign in my front yard. Steve Ratcliffe made me. He made me a sign, and it's a wooden sign. It's painted in the colors of the flag. And right in the midst of it, it's painted real dark, pray. Why? And I've kept it up ever since before the election of 2020. And I keep it up, and I keep my flag flying. Because I'm keeping on praying. I ain't giving up on America. And as long as God gives us breath, we're going to keep praying that God will change America. We need to repent America. We need to repent churches. Because God wants to do a work. And 2022 came here because God says the work isn't done. Keep moving. Praise God. And then shall not God avenge his own elect? If God would tell him a story about an unjust judge and a widow, don't you think, he says, Jesus says, and shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he, be, though he bear long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, shall he find faith on earth. See, there's where our faith ought to be. Our faith ought to be, God's going to move on this. Now, I've heard a lot of people just talk positive thinking. I'm talking about back it up with a life that lives that says, I come to my heavenly Father every day, and I pray to him. Let me get back where I was at here. I wrote this down. When we pray, listen when we pray. When do we pray? I'm going to ask you something. When do you pray? I wrote down this. In the morning. Why? To commit our day to God. Listen to me, Christian. If you've got a real relationship with your Heavenly Father, 
you get up every morning knowing that I'm already paid for, I belong to him, I come to him and I say, Heavenly Father, where do you want me to go today? I commit this day unto you. I give myself to you. You lead me. You take me where you want me to go. And Lord, I may not do the best job, but I know that I'm on your mission. I'm working for you, Lord. And it says, the next one I wrote down is you pray in the evening to give thanks for what he's done that day and for the mercies. Let me tell you something. If you get, in, if you get into this place where you realize this is my personal time with God, this is my relationship to God. There's a lot of times you'll be driving in a car. You might be talking to him. He might just fill the room and, and just bless you to death. He might fill you in, uh, with a song. It might just put a song in your heart. You can't shut your mouth. You go by people in the car and you're crying and singing. I've seen lots of people go by crying and singing. I don't know if they're hurting or they're just, uh, you know, having victory story. I don't know what's going on. But something's going on inside of them. But there's one other time God pressed on me about prayer, and it's this. In the times when the Holy Spirit prompts you to pray. Uh-oh, that means you better walk with God. Because, see, the Holy Spirit wants to talk to you sometimes, and sometimes right in the midst of things, he'll say, stop and pray. Let me hear what I'm saying. It ain't a morning prayer that, oh, God, I want to do your will today. It ain't an evening prayer thanking him for all the mercy and grace he gave to you that day. But it is a time when he says, I want to talk to you. How many knows that's important? If we don't hear his voice, we're not having this relationship. We're not having a talk with God. Now, I realize, talk. you read your Bible, God will talk to you. You get down on your knees and pray. You testify to people, and you might not have felt a thing when you started, but all of a sudden the Holy Spirit will just flow all over you. You don't know what you're saying, but all of a sudden stuff come out of you. Who knew? Well, the Spirit of God will do all kinds of things through you. It'll even surprise you. I've been surprised many times. Things that comes out of my mouth, and I'm thinking, where did that come from? And I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about him. I'm talking about the very presence of God that puts it upon our hearts to love people when, we're, when they're unlovable and we're unlovable. Praise God. On over in Luke 21. In Luke 21, there's three verses I want to read. Before I say that, I want you to hear this. In Luke 17, right before I read Luke 18, Jesus was talking about the coming of the kingdom. Now, I want you to get that in your mind. God's got a plan all the time. Jesus is walking through this life, and he'd been already talking about the kingdom, and now he's telling them they ought to persistently pray to the Father. They ought to persistently come to God. And it says here in uh, chapter 21 of Luke, verse 34, and I want you to notice this of Luke 21. Right before this, Jesus is talking about how he's going to come back. Let me hear it. Before he was talking about coming, how the kingdom of God's coming, now he's talking about coming back. Now, I want you to understand something. If God's got these plans of him coming, he's going to prepare his people. Hear what I'm saying? So he keeps saying to you, pray always. How many of those were in those days? It's time to pray always. 
It's time to have a relationship with God that wakes you up sometimes and says, oh, my goodness, I didn't know, God, you wanted to do this. See, I don't have no idea how God's going to straighten out America. I don't have no idea how he's going to straighten out my lost loved ones. But he straightened out a lot of people that way. We didn't even see it at all. But all of a sudden, you know how many times we've just about given up? And then there God comes. And he'll change things. And he'll change them not the way you thought. It's not by your big testimony or your big grace. No, you've lived the testimony in front of people. God will send somebody to talk to you. I got family. I got, I got nieces and nephews. I've got, uh, I've got cousins that I know, know them all my life, been real close to them. But they can't get around me. They can't talk to me because they're afraid I'll mention Jesus to them. They're afraid I'll talk about God. And all that time I get on my knees, I, I never forget to fail to pray for them. I love them. There's a love in our hearts for each other. But they're afraid God's going to give them something to do they can't do. He just wants to put his arms around them and have a relationship with them. He's not asking them to fit in somebody's shoes. Just fit in the shoes of his son. Walk with Jesus. It says, verse 34, And take heed to yourself, lest any at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and cares of this life, so that that day come upon you unaware. How many knows there's some things coming upon the America unaware? They're not ready for God to come back. A lot of our churches are not ready for God to come back. But we're supposed to be ready. What, what did he say? Overcharged. I got I got I got to tell this, and I, I love my grandson. This is going to be on the tape, and I hope he don't get upset. But I got a young grandson, and he kept me still for five minutes. Talks all the time. And I told him the other night, I said, Coda, I said, you're just so quiet. He just looked at me like, Grandpa, I ain't quiet. And I know, but I was trying to shock him, trying to shock him a little bit. But you know what? He's overcharged. There's something about him that's just he wants to be Everybody's friend, he wants to be talk to everybody he sees. I don't know if he's driving to fit in or what he's doing, Eli, I'm not sure. But I know he has a love in his heart. I know he's a good kid, and I'm very proud of him. But it says here, overcharged with surfeiting. What is surfeiting and drunkenness? They pretty much come out to the same description. Too much excess. When you drink, you get too much access. You get too much inside of you, and it changes you. Well, guess what? He's telling you. You got too much access. This surfeiting, people's after everything to go along with their Christian walk. Oh, I don't want to live way back like they used to. I don't want to talk about those things that they had to do to have revival. I don't want to have to stay here. I don't want to have to come to church five nights a week. You've got to be kidding me. I ain't got time for that. Let me tell you something. We're too tied up. Our plate's too full when we don't got time to talk to God. When we don't have time to have a revival. Do you know what it was when, I, when we got saved? A lot of you elders, guess when you got saved? When revival was going on. When the revival was going on, all of a sudden God began to draw people to the altar and draw people to get into that walk with God daily. That's what revivals were about. 
we've kind of sipped away from that. No, we don't need revivals. We just need a better program. Program ain't going to save you. It ain't going to save your children. We need to pray and seek God's face. It says, for as a snare shall it come upon all of them that, sh that dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch ye therefore and pray always that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Are you prepared? Are you able to ready, say in your heart, I'm ready to escape what's going on in this life? I'm ready to let it go. I'm ready to surrender my money, my stuff. Did you know it's not going with you? I don't care who you appointed to. They'll probably fight and argue about it. Yes, even your lovely children. They will find, you'll find out what's really in them when, it, when, it, when that goes on. Because I've been to a lot of funerals where half the family couldn't speak to each other. Over maybe a little car or a, or a little bit of money or something going on. And I thought to myself, you missed what God gave you. You missed the Christian father and mother you had. And all you're worried about is the things that they're going to leave you behind. Praise God. I'm glad I was raised in Northside. I'm glad I was raised in Desolate. I'm glad I was raised in a poor area. I drove down there the other day, and I thought, I can't believe seven kids and a mom and dad lived in that little old house. That house don't look that big, man. It was huge when I was a kid, but it don't look very big now. Your mom and dad's house don't look that big, does it? But I want you to know something. Great things come out of there because God saved your mother and your father. God has brought about things that is a lot bigger than stuff that we have here. Praise God. In Ephesians 6.18, Paul said, Pray always with all prayer and supplication. That means humbly and earnestly. In the spirit and watching thereto with all perseverance, which is continually praying, continually persistent, persistent. I'm going to be persistent with God. Until God tells me no, I'm going to keep praying. Especially if I have prayed and I've brought myself humbly to him and I'm not demanding anything. I'm asking in his will. Lord, I know you want my children to be saved. So I'm going to keep praying that way. And I'm not going to quit and I'm not going to give up. Philippians 4, 6, you've heard this before. It says, be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. Again, it's that humble and earnest prayer. It's also that seeking and asking. And it says, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And I wrote this one down. Revelation 5, 8. When he, when he had taken the book, talking about Jesus in heaven. When he had taken the book. The four beasts and the four and twenty elders, which is the church, fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. Listen to me, Christian. You think your prayer is going nowhere? It's being bottled up. God already knows all about what you need. He already knows about the lost. And he's already saved. Cry out for them. Because the enemy is doing everything he can to keep them away and to separate them. 
keep dividing and conquering. And you see it. I don't have to tell you that. It's happening. And it's happening not only in us. I cannot believe the cases. And excuse me if I step on your toes with this. But I can't believe the cases of kids telling their grandparents, don't come around my kids until you go get your shot. I just look at them like, you know what? Keep your kids home. I love, I love them, but I love them from a distance. And I'll pray for you. And I'm not trying to say I'm against any shots or anything else. But something seriously is wrong because the enemy is dividing our people. How many sees that? He's causing that one scripture that talks about the, the mother will go against the daughter-in-law and the daughter-in-law against the mother. I mean, it's so, it's so splitting here. Everybody's got a right to feel like they want to and do it their way. That's not what America's given us. America is a place to worship God freely. To rise up every day and say, God, you gave me life to live for you. To be an example before these that I walk for. Love me, help me to live and be like Jesus. You don't find Jesus being selfish. You don't find him turning and saying, I'm just worried about myself and my little clan. No, that's just, that's what he was going somewhere and stirring up trouble everywhere he went. Because he was talking about the Father's will. That's what he was sent to do. In Matthew 9, 13, and I'm not going to go through all of this. I don't want to keep you later than I said. In Matthew 9, uh, Matthew 6, you've heard this, it's the Lord's Prayer. And Jesus said, after this manner, therefore pray ye, Our Father which are in heaven, hallowed be thy name. What does hallowed be thy name mean? It means to exalt him and to lift him up as the heavenly Father. Do you know who made the plan to save us? Our Heavenly Father. Our Heavenly Father has got it all planned. He sent His only begotten Son to rescue you and me from our sins. We sing about it. We was here Friday night at a watch night service talking about the supper time. The time they had His last supper. And He said, my body is broken for you. He took that bread in front of his disciples. He said, and never let it happen to been passed over before, but he had broken that bread right in front of their face, and them words had never been spoken. Take and eat this as my bread. This is my body broken for you. And the same with the blood. It was his blood that brought this new covenant for you and I to live in. But he says in verse 34 of Psalms, verse 3, Chapter 34, he says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. You not only need to praise him, but we need to praise him as a church. We need to hallow his name, exalt him. The next one is that kingdom come, that will be done as it is in, as it is in heaven. And it says in Luke 17, again, this is right before... Uh, Luke 18, we just talked about it a few minutes ago. Yeah, I know that. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> it says in Luke 17, 20, it says, And when he was demanded of the Pharisees when the kingdom of God should come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God comes not with observation. Neither shall they say, Lo here, lo there. For behold, the kingdom of God is within you. 
praise God. See the kingdom of God come, and the world didn't see it because they didn't let him in. But when you let him in, you can't turn these eyes off because I see, every time I open this book, I see my heavenly father talking to me. I see and I hear this communion, this intimacy with my heavenly father. I don't want to hurt that. You know how much you love your moms and dads? You wait till they're almost gone before you realize how much they really love you. And then when they're gone, you just miss them every day. And you know what? While we're here, we should realize the kingdom of God has come inside of us. Our heavenly Father dwells. He comes and makes his abode inside of us. We ought to desire his presence on us at all times. We ought to. I know my body can't take it. Your body can't take it. But when he comes, I'm happy. When he comes, I'm content. When he comes, I feel like, oh, praise God. He's letting us know I'm pleased with you. I'm here, and I've come because you've opened the door to me. See, we, a lot of churches close the door to the Spirit of God. They don't want it. We don't want to show what we want because we want his presence. We want to love him. I want him to come, gather around. And when my grandchildren or my children come into this church, let me tell you something. I hope the presence of God's all over. I hope they're so sick they can't eat that day. <laughs> Praise God. I want God to get a hold of their attention, skip fan. Shake this world off and begin to walk a walk that's worth walking. Praise God. I'm loud, I'm sorry. <laughs> Romans 14, 17, For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Give us this day, the next one, give us this day our daily bread. In Philippians 4, 19, he says, But my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Quit whining about what you don't have. He supplies your needs. He will make a way for you. You can question God all the time. I can spend my whole life questioning, God, am I doing the right thing? Should I go out there and make a little more money? Should I do this? Let me tell you something. Anything that drags you away from being with the house of God, and I'm not saying you don't set sometimes a thing aside and have to do some things on a weekend or on a, on a days of church, but I'm telling you, you need God's house. You need the house of God. I need you. I don't know about you, but I need you. Not to fill this church so I can look good. I don't care about that. But I want the presence of God. So when Mike and Sue and all these people get up here and they begin to get stirred up in their spirit and they begin to play instruments and they begin to sing and the singers sing, guess what? Something inside of me says something's going on. It didn't come from me. It came from him. Isn't that good? He comes. He comes when we're obedient. That's what he's looking for, obedience. Just be who you are the best that you can be and desire that presence. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Matthew 18, 21 says, Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? And Jesus said unto him, I say not to thee until seven times, but unto seven times seven. Seventy times seven. What's he telling you? 
quit letting everybody offend you and stay home from church. I got my feelings hurt, so I'm not going to go to church. I got my feelings hurt, so I'm not calling nobody. I'm not even going to pray for that person no more. You know what? If God treated us like we treat others, we'd be in trouble. We'd be in deep trouble. If What if God never showed up because we offended God? Let me tell you something. I've offended God lots of times. I stuck my tongue out when I should have shut my mouth. I stuck my big shoe in my mouth, what I did. God's so gracious. God's so loving. He puts me and picks me back up, sets me on my feet, and tells me, keep walking. Keep loving people. Keep letting me work on you because you need work. I need work. I still need work. Ask my wife. She'll tell you. The next one is, the last one is, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. This is another reason we ought to be praying. How many knows this? Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Because if you got some kind of bad habit going on, and yet you keep coming to the Lord's table, and yet you keep feeding in the devil's table, look out, because you're biting in the wrong area, and you're causing yourself to get sick and die, the way I read uh, 1 Corinthians 11. We read it the other night. Christian people, I'm talking about the church. They're feeding from the devil's table while they're feeding from God's table. And they think God's okay with it because they're getting away. They're not getting away with it. God's given them opportunity after opportunity to come and to cast your cares upon him because he cares for you. Cast your sins upon him. He's already paid the price. But it says, and lead us not to take deliverance from me, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Matthew 26, 41, he said, watch and pray that you enter not in temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, there is no temptation taken you, but such is common to man. Why am I reading these? I want you to understand you don't have to follow your temptation. There's power to overcome your temptation. Don't tell me about drugs. Don't tell me about alcohol. Don't tell me about anything. I know there's power to the enemy. We give him uh, access to do what we want. We listen to doctors that tell us, just get on that drug. You'll be happy. And we just kept falling right down. We talked about this morning. We're sitting back here drinking coffee. Sometimes you can blame some of these doctors that have filled people up with the ideal of, I just shouldn't feel any pain. I don't know about you, but you're going to feel some pain before you get out of here. I can't help you. You've been good and healthy all your life. You're not coming out of here well. You're not leaving here. Something's going to die. Something's going to give out on you. Our victory is not in not this body. Our victory, we're going to get a new body. But our victory is going on inside of us, whether we're in life or in death. There's a victory going on. Come on back up right here. Another one says in 2 Peter 2, 9, the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptation. How many believes that? You think the Lord knows how to lead you out of temptation? I promise you he does. It's real simple on some of it. Some of us need to turn the TV off. Quit debating on whether you should watch this dirty show or not. Just turn it off. 
Get up and find yourself something else to do. Get up and put in, a, in a, an old tape and start praising God if you got to. But get your mind back out of the gutter and quit trying to feed at the devil's table and get back on God's side. Call a brother and encourage him. You know what? You call him and pretty soon he'll be encouraging you. And it says, the last one is John 17, 5, 17, 15. He says, I pray not that thou should take them out of the world, but thou should keep them from the evil. Jesus didn't want us. He don't want to pull you out of the world. He wants you to get victory over your problems. Praise God. I don't know about you. That's keeping us from the evil. He can keep you from the evil right here, right in this, right in this earth you're walking in. Ain't it a lot better when you choose to live for him and you choose to walk away from the enemy's temptations and luring and driving? Ain't it a whole lot better when you walk before God and God says, enter in thy faithful servant because you have been faithful over many things. What you have done is you have turned away from the enemy's table and I said, I want to surrender it all. Moses said, I turn away from Pharaoh's life, and I give it all to follow God. He surrendered his whole self. This is not a halfway relationship. It's a relationship you need to get personal with God. He already knows who you are. That's why sometimes when we pray, we don't go nowhere. We don't get what we want. Because we're into what we want more than what we need. God's trying to give us what we need. Now, you know what? I know this is not no fabulous message, but it's the message to the church that we need to pray. In 2022, we need to have victory going on. And you don't have to worry about God showing up. He'll show up when we walk this walk. Because you'll come into the room, and I'm telling you, when you come in, the house begins to be full of the presence of God. The spirit of receiving God is here. Christians walk in desiring with a spirit inside them says, Lord, I want you to feel the welcome mat open to you in this service today. It's not about anybody's entertainment. It's not about anybody's show. You need him. I need him. No matter who you are, where you come from. I got one more to read. It's the 141st Psalm. I like this because it comes out of David's mouth. Andy, I wonder what this was. I read this, and it just set before me. Listen to me. I want you to hear it. As preachers, I want you to listen to it. David said, Lord, I cry unto thee. Make haste unto me. Give ear unto my voice when I cry unto thee. Let my prayer be set forth before thee as incense. Oh, my goodness, that's something. I don't know about you, but I got that circled on that scripture. Let my prayer be set before thee as incense. Do you know how precious your prayer is to the Heavenly Father? That when you cry out from the depths of your heart, don't you know when you lay that before God that there's an incense of odor going up to God that says, praise God, praise, this is my child crying out to me. Don't you see that? David had his faults. You and I got our faults. But when we lay our prayer before him and lay our heart before him, all of
of a sudden there is something going up into God's nostrils that says, that's what I want. I want my people that can't walk this by themselves to depend on me. Have this relationship with me. Lay your prayers before me. I smell them. I can sense them. Praise God. And the lifting up of my hands as an evening sacrifice. Set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth. Keep the doors of my lips. Incline not my heart to any evil thing to practice wicked works with men that work iniquity and let me not eat of their dainties uh oh what's dainties let me not eat of their dainties that's those seductive pleasures that's sweeping across America all over they're sweeping across and everybody's running oh it's like somebody runs through naked and you say, don't look. Everybody looks. Yeah. Isn't that true? Ray Stevens wrote a song about it. Don't look, Ethel. <laughs> sorry, Ethel. <laughs> we got an Ethel here. I'm sorry. <laughs> but how many knows David's crying out from his heart? Get your eyes and your mind. How many knows David knew what he's talking about? See, David walked out on the porch one day. And I said this before, David never built another house with a porch on it, I bet. Because he got out on the porch and got himself in trouble. And here he is saying, let me not eat of their dainties. Don't let me go after those seductive pleasures of this life. Examine yourself, Christian. Examine yourself daily with Him. Bring yourself to Him. You won't bring yourself to me. Bring yourself to Him. And say, God, I want to be your child. I want to live for you holy and pure. I want to have a pure life that I walk in. It doesn't matter if I do good things as far as in my eyes or others' eyes. Just let me please you, Father. Let me do things that's pleasing to you. And then I'll know and then I'll be content. And I won't be afraid to go talk to my Heavenly Father because I'm already there. I'm already in a relationship. I already know He knows where I'm at. Praise God. Everybody stand if you will. Jesus knows every day in 2022 what's going to happen. I said it to my family. This last week ago, Friday, when we got together for Christmas, we were all there, yet a lot of us had a lot of close calls. But I don't know what is going to happen in 2022. You may look around and some of us may not be here. Seems like every year, problems come, troubles come, death comes. I don't want to give up one of my family. I can look back, I said this the other day, at the, some of the old tapes of the church, and I see so many solid Christian people that loved God, that were examples before everyone else. Oh God, make us, make us those examples before this lost world, this dark world. Make us light. Please make us light, Lord. Help us to walk in His light. I don't know who I'm talking to here today. 
doesn't matter who you are, where you come from. Nobody's condemning you for coming to this altar because this is your altar too. Whoever you are, you come to Jesus. You don't come to us. You ain't necessarily joining the church. And I think about that sometimes when they take up prayer request when Debbie says anybody new here they're afraid to lift their hands a lot of times because they don't want to get on the list we don't put you on the list of ding donkeys we'll never ask for your money we'll never ask for anything we're not that people God made it made us a way and he's going to make the way it works and I'm not bragging on us I'm just telling you we're walking one day at a time and I want God to have his way that's the most important thing. Connie, we got to give, keep giving what we have. It's all we got. Keep giving what God has given you. Yes. Go ahead.
Yes. altar is open while they sing. Do you have a continuance prayer with God? Do you talk to him daily? You know what? We need to come to him. That's every one of us. Praise God. Are you trading blessed
a lot of stress going on. And let me say something more before we quit. Every one of us, just like these New Year resolutions, we make up our mind, Lord, I'm going to have a prayer. I'm going to talk to you every day. Something will get in your way. Even, even your little brain sometimes will forget. Listen to me. Don't let the devil trick you. Whatever happens, God knows. Go back to your knees. When you get that chance, get back on your knees and say, God, I'm sorry, but I need to talk to you. Just keep wanting to talk to him. Don't just talk to him, but want him to talk back to you. Because I know he speaks. Sometimes he says things to me. He spoke to me about the prayer, about preaching on prayer. And I thought to myself, Lord, they've heard about that so many times. Some of them's a whole lot better prayers than I am. But can I tell you something? God knows exactly what he's saying. He knows how to draw us as one together. We need each other as one. We need to be in his presence. And we need victory in our life. It's on you. It's not on nobody else. It's on you. It's your responsibility. Lord, I need to talk to you. I need to talk to you about my children. I need to talk to you about my life. I need to talk to you about what my little eyes see or what my little ears hear. I need to talk to you about everything in my life. I know. Seems impossible. But he does the impossible. He can change and make you. Your relationship is up there. Your relationship ain't down here. My conversations in heaven, my salvation came from heaven. Everything I got is up. Everything you got is up. Put your conversation, your citizenship where it is. Talk to him. Let her sing one more verse and chorus. And if nobody comes, we're going to dismiss. And I know it's late, but we're not having church tonight. And church, they come here regular. Listen to me. Your break's over. Christmas break's over. We're going back to regular services next week. Praise God. While she sings.